Welcome to the first episode of the Two Drop Tables and a Microphone podcast of 2018. We jump right back into the swing of things with a discussion of the meltdown and specter vulnerabilities. And then we take a look into our crystal balls for our cybersecurity predictions for the coming year. You are listening to Two Drop Tables and a Microphone, an information security podcast with a Canadian perspective and the only tech podcast with a three drink minimum. We are the place for information security news and how it affects you as either a security professional or a general consumer. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and our guests are solely their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of their employers, past or present. Welcome to episode 11 of the Two Drop Tables podcast and the first episode of the new year. Uh, As anyone working in the InfoSec industry can attest to, things have been pretty busy December and January. Uh, we'll speak to some of those issues in this episode. Uh, so this is a week or two later than we would have hoped. Like, I think I've said that like the last three podcasts in a row. <laughs> so I've made a New Year's resolution that I won't keep doing that and that we'll put something out every two weeks. I want to start doing some like shorter news bites and stuff so that the more timely information gets out. Uh, if something's really pertinent and you don't have time to do a full episode on it just to get some news out there. And I'd like to do a couple of interviews as well this year. And We know enough people in the industry. I think we do some... Some cool interviews and stuff. Or go to uh, conferences. Like, uh, I know B-Sides uh, Vancouver's coming up in March. Yeah, and then there's the Reboot Privacy Security Conference coming up, too. Yeah, that's right. In three weeks. February. February 7th to 9th, I believe. Uh, something like that. Yeah. So to introduce myself again, I am Mark, and I'm drinking uh, Pandaren Welsh Gold today with a Madeira finish. It's a Welsh whiskey. It's pretty good. They're not trying to compete with the scotch whiskey and tastes like scotch they're doing something different it's pretty nice holy shit is this a security podcast or a whiskey podcast <laughs> it's a whiskey tasting <laughs> podcast now dom kapik here uh just uh how's everybody doing uh happy new year and me i'm uh i had way too much to drink in the last two days so i'm just drinking water <laughs> i gotta take a break Good plan. John? And John Roberto here, uh, drinking 7-Up, uh, man. It's late. It's late. 7-Up. Nice. Nice. Go. Sure there's nothing else in there, eh, John? Nah, just straight this time. Just straight. Just straight. <laughs> I'll, you, I'll take a 7-Up neat. Neat. <laughs> uh, okay, first up today is Meltdown Inspector. Uh, two processor vulnerabilities that plague just about every device known to man, I think, at this point. Uh, Meltdown is a screw-up on Intel's part, but Spectre is interesting because it's a feature of standard performance environments that this is where it affects almost all CPUs, including you know even stuff like Spark. Uh, I don't think it's something that's easily fixed and will likely be around forever. So it's another one of those like... Um, crack that's just going to linger forever and ever and ever until all these devices are dead and go away Um, even some of the newer processors coming up from Intel are still going to be vulnerable until they patch everything in their you know fix everything in their pipeline so and slow everything down the process potentially yeah so which one of you wants to take a crack at explaining what these things are while I pour myself another drink Uh, I'll do it Uh, essentially it's Dom here so uh, meltdown. First off, I'll start with Meltdown. I've actually downloaded some proof of concept code uh, that I found online uh, for Meltdown, both Meltdown and Spectre. And Meltdown, essentially, what it does is it uh, it um, uh, exploits vulnerabilities that are within the pro- the Intel processors. This is an Intel-specific vulnerability where 
it, uh, it, it essentially um, basically uh, exploits uh, leaking or leakage uh, from, from the processor itself uh, from protected areas in memory. And so that you can get you can get uh, like private information like encryption keys, passwords, uh, uh, anything else that's in uh, the, the processor's protected memory. And so, um, can you get everything, or is it like Heartbleed, where you get a little like bit Heartbleed. and you have to do it again and again and again? Yeah, it's more more like Heartbleed. Um, that's my that's my understanding of it. It's that. Uh, uh, you, you um, and so a lot of machines aren't vulnerable. Like for example, like I've tried it on a DigitalOcean VM, and uh, it, it came up as not vulnerable. So um, it uh, it doesn't. Uh, so it's not. It's it's very Intel specific. You have to have a native. You have to be on have a native Intel system. Uh, use it on a native Intel system to uh, uh, exploit it. Uh, the the. Spectre, on the other hand, is more uh, sinister. Um, like, if you see the logo, it's like wondering why the lo why the ghost there has a branch, like as a stick. <laughs> and then you think about it, and it's like, oh, because it's uh, not uh, uh, exploiting the processor; it's exploiting processes be in between applications. So it's kind of exploiting the branches of the tree as opposed to the trunk, if you think about it. So, whereas Meltdown exploit you know, you exploit the trunk of a specific P, uh, CPU, so to speak. Spectre, on the other hand, is more general in that it exploits the branches, the processing in between applications and systems. So this is why it gets more sinister is because, you know, worst case scenario potentially could be that uh, you just get your own, say, v uh, VM on a public cloud server and if you could figure out, uh, just use uh, Spectre on your own machine and see if you're getting stuff from other, other VMs. So it was sort of when I was looking at this, I determined fairly quickly that it was a bigger deal for the digital oceans and you know, um, AWS's and, and Azure's yeah, yeah. of the world, right? And like, you know, for myself, like, yeah, if I if I allow some code to run on my box, I just assume it could do whatever the fuck it wants. Mm. Uh, but it's when you're in a virtualized environment and like we run virtualized environments, but it's all our stuff on in one box. It's a, yeah, the shared exactly. infrastructure short sort of model where things get kind of wonky. But the thing is, is that uh, a specter, like you could, you could get uh, passwords. Uh, let's say you attack one application with specter. Potentially you can get, um, you can get app, uh, uh, stuff from other uh, other applications that somebody else would use on the same VM on the same server, and uh, potentially uh, compromise accounts that way. Uh, and the other thing too is uh, with uh, like I did try. I actually found a, a proof of concept on exploitdb.com. There's like mm -hmm. uh, exploits there all the time. Um, it's uh, it's a it's a very good uh, database of uh, exploits that you can download. I didn't find the Meltdown exploit. I had to actually download that from the uh, Meltdown.com uh, site, um, but, uh, or uh, MeltdownAttacks.com. Yep. Uh, but, but Spectre was actually found on the ExploitDB site. And I downloaded that, I ran it on DigitalOcean, and it was vulnerable. Like I was able to, it was just a proof of concept. Like what it did was uh, it inserted something into, I guess, a, into a branch of the, in, from one, one side of memory and then it, it ran a, a piece of code on another side of memory and it was getting everything. 
these were like exploiting like um, actual functions of the processor. Yeah, that's right. Too right, like things yeah, that made it faster like to read ahead. do stuff. It's like yeah. a guessing it's a read ahead. Yeah, it's a branch prediction or something like that. Yeah, right? it's a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not. It's not. This 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 is not specific to one processor. No. That's why. But the thing is, exploiting Spectre is actually harder than exploiting Meltdown. Right, and the Spectre fix is where the 30% up to loss that Intel chips, for example, are getting because it's not able to do any of the guessing read-ahead stuff that it would normally be doing. That's right, usually, yeah, it it guesses the instructions based on past, and then it just queues them all up. And if it's going to use that branch, it's great, it's ahead. And if it doesn't, it just tosses it away and and keeps going. Um, Now you can't do that. or If you turn that off, that's essentially what you're losing. And that their optimization is gone, right? So that's that, crazy. That is crazy. You could like up to thirty percent on some applications. Uh, he said it was really hard to exploit. It was. Like, yeah, it's it not. You know, like you really have to know the system that you're trying to exploit. Yeah. Like that's the thing. You have to understand. Uh, okay, what's the target? You got to really research the target to be able to exploit. You have to know. Sector. Yeah, the, the processor basically. That's it. Exactly. Because, like, if you let's say you have some systems that are Raspberry Pis, right? You have to you have to code a specific a Spectre for that ARM for, for that ARM CPU, yeah. Exactly. So. so the patching experience has been especially dreadful for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people too. Oh, HP pulled uh, the firmware updates that I was preparing to to at least test on some systems, one of each sort of type that we use. Um, then they re-released them with an update afterwards. They were just 404-ing when they pulled them. Hmm. They were there, and I downloaded one of them, and then when I tried to download another one, it, they were all 404-ing, but they never said, hey, these are broken, so we, we're unfucking them, hold on. Um, and I needed that for the Spectre fix to work uh, for all of our devices. I think most people are in that sort of position where they need a firmware update in order for the Spectre fix to actually do what it was supposed to do. And which sucks because now I have the fun task of rolling out firmware updates again, which I just did for the Intel management engine and like TPM fixes just a little while ago. Firmware updates rolling them out sucks because if you you know for every thousand machines, some user is going to reboot it halfway through because they're like, "What's this bar?" Even though you sent them ten emails saying, "Don't reboot your computer when you see the screen." <laughs> It's, you never know because people just they look at it and going or they get impatient and yeah. I've seen that it's uh, they're just like it's been sitting here for like over half an hour I'm like well that's a firmware update now you, you could potentially destroy the machine <laughs> yeah it doesn't take that long but like us that. nerds who are used to like flashing our phones and routers and you know everything else we're like I don't even breathe on shit like I won't touch it just in case the cable the USB cable moves and it and it borks right like ugh <laughs> I my, I applied something last week for my Dell laptop, but and Windows completely shit the bed, so I had to oh, roll everything back. So it's like I ah, forget it. I hate being in that state where like you roll back and you're just like I'm just not doing updates anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst because uh, then you got a real serious vulnerability like something like Configure, like the M- so easy or so easily exploitable. You know, they ma- imagine if they made a. Um, uh, an exploit. There's an exploit that comes out that easily exploits uh, Spectre. It's like, okay, mm. what kind of processor? All you have to do is just uh, uh, make a drop make a down. Of, yeah, drop down <laughs> menu. Going, okay, this is the type of processor I have, and this is what I want to do. Da da da. Done. Run. 
Good idea. Good idea, Tom. (laughs) Package that up, man, and sell that for bitcoins. Sell it on a dark net. (laughs) Not for Bitcoin, because Bitcoin Bitcoin isn't anonymous. It needs to be Monero. Or Monero or Zcash. Yeah, Zcash Zcash. isn't actually as anonymous as as it was purported to be. Interesting. Uh, So there were issues with AV... Uh, antivirus causing mm. blue screens with the update from Microsoft because of how they were reading from memory to figure out what was happening on the machine to look for viruses and whatever. And I saw a huge Reddit thread um, as to whether users will ever get patches again if they don't have that AV flag set. Like, you know, because of the problem with the antiviruses, Microsoft pulled the patch and then said they weren't going to release the patch until they found a specific registry key that they wanted the AV that you have installed set when the AV was updated and ready for the patch. Mm-hmm. You need to certify uh, compatibility. Yeah, to be certified on that, that it would all work. And they were saying, if you don't get that flag, you're not getting patches. And it was confusing the way that it was written. It sort of sounded like if you don't have AV installed at all, you would never get updates again. Like not just this mm. one ever. Yeah, that's that's really weird. But I wasn't. Then I wasn't Microsoft really sure. said, "Use theirs." Oh, <laughs> is that what they said? Ours is, ours is ready. <laughs> is that what happened? Is that yeah. how that landed? Yeah, they. Yeah, Holy Jesus. something like that. Uh, Use ours because it, it's no problem. Their uh, defender started out not that bad, and then its detection rate just shit the bed. And I'm sure it was because everyone else is complaining and they're worried about antitrust and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They, they probably did it on purpose. Uh, it's like, remember, uh, what was it, uh, the Netscape issue way back when? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably they didn't want to avoid that situation. We've done tons of stuff. Intel has, too, all the anti-competitive BS, oh, right? Yeah. Um, Linus is, like, apparently mega pissed off, and <laughs> really, when isn't he? But he's <laughs> mad at the way Intel's chosen to implement the fix, because it looks like Intel isn't planning on fixing the processors on their end for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I'm just guessing that it's likely that it takes a long time for new designs to make it through their pipeline. Um, so they're not planning on fixing it. Um, and it looks like what Intel's trying to do is that uh, even new chips that you buy will stay vulnerable by default, and they've set it up so that you know the OS can query the CPU. The CPU says, "Oh, yeah, I have a fix for that for Meltdown Inspector, but I don't use it particularly. Spectre, you can enable it just by asking me, and then the kernel is supposed to enable that protection, um, which is crazy because you think about like if you boot an older OS and it's vulnerable and doesn't know to to ask mm-hmm. the CPU like if it has it or not, and old CPUs that will never know like because there's a point in time where obviously the older CPUs." your OS will query it, say, hey, do you have a patch for this? And the CPU will just be like, what? And you just have to assume that it doesn't, because it doesn't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's pretty crazy. And Intel's, Intel's doing it for a fairly obvious reason, right? Like, they, they, by default, don't want their chip to lose speed. They want to have good benchmarks, so by default, the fix isn't enabled. So instead of saying, Intel chips lose 30% speed, because of this problem, it becomes, you know, Intel adds a special security mode that protects you. That you can enable it if you want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. It's all marketing speech and, and you know, decisions. Considering AMD is engineering. like, yeah. AMD Go is ahead, doing John. a lot better and they're a lot closer now to having a more comparable chipset. You know, it's, 
they're definitely probably not wanting to to lose any ground there. Yeah, AMD AMD is coming up for sure. And I think AMD this could be an opportunity for AMD to uh, to beat Intel in the market because uh, if they if they if they average like uh, they market their chips, they make better chips, and they market them properly, they can actually uh, take some of uh, Intel's market share. I heard that there was a bit of a leak as to what this was before it was released because in a bunch of um, code fixes that got checked in, AMD people were like, oh yeah, I fixed this problem with this thing on AMD processors. Everyone's like, what? And that started going around Twitter. Something's broken. Something bad is broken, apparently. And this here's the thing. This isn't this isn't just the these two are just the beginning. Like there's already a third one out there. Something about uh, vulnerability in, uh, in Intel's management engine. Yeah, IME. Uh, yeah, that IME, was sort of yeah. It's yep. uh, just okay. Then like three, and then okay, what's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? IME just sounds like that came before this one. Uh, these two. Um, that just sounds like an NSA backdoor to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not surprised. And someone found it, and they're like, "Whoops, yeah, oh yeah, that management engine we put on chip that you can use to do things. <laughs> you need physical access, but still, that's probably yeah, they probably their TAO group, their tailored access operations has probably done something like yeah, that. exactly. I mean, a lot of the stuff is like you need to have, you know, you have physical access, and that's you know, once you know you have that, then it's pretty much game over. But the, all this stuff just makes it that much easier. Oh, of course, right? They. And now, but the thing is, with with ever since 2013, when Snowden came out, uh, leaked all the information from the NSA, it's uh, th- this is going to be much harder for the NSA to pull shit like this. But uh, yeah, and all the other to. all the other leaks, right, from the NSA and everything else, the WikiLeaks and all the leaks of their tools and all that. They stuff. They just keep like, doing it, though. Didn't they just re? Didn't they just re-sign that bill? That spying bill again? Yeah, exactly. States, right? Like, it's just whatever. You can keep doing it forever. Oh, exactly, right? I mean, yeah, there's no sunset clause. We're just going to make it sure it's like a sunset clause. I mean, mean, it's... It's it's all, like, a lot of, like, political fuckery, right? You see, see, (laughs) like... uh, It happens all the time. No matter where you are, like, uh, Canada, U.S., you know, India, China, it doesn't matter. They're going to do the polls the same shit, right? They're just trying to um, make it so that you can't. Uh, I mean, you're not. You're, you're, it gives a semblance of, of something that uh, the people can still think about. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna be able to uh, deal with this, or they're gonna be able to have a voice in this particular issue. But whereas they're, the the politicians themselves are going, we'll just roll this over and over and over again. I mean, it's illusion. That's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, funny it's too. Illusion, all those yeah. uh, text messages that the FBI lost between those two agents that were working, you know, that are that are very anti-Trump. That were working all the Mueller stuff and all this, the Russian investigation and shit. That's they apparently lost a bunch of bunch of text messages, and someone posts a picture of that, you know, big huge data center the NSA has, and it's like, oh, I found them. They're in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just go get them. Yeah, just go get them. <laughs> but the but the thing is, is that it's it's when when you have those two agents, they lose their stuff. That's uh, you know, I mean, from a judge's perspective, that's tainted evidence. It's like obviously you're not handling like, handling your evidence well. Like that could that could really dude. This is the FBI. Yeah. And like oh man, things are things are 
so dirty in the U.S. And like, I, I oh, doubt yeah. things are that much better in Canada or anywhere, but I think the U.S. is one of the worst anyway. But just so dirty and underhanded in the deep state and all this shit. And like, it doesn't matter who the president is. These other group of people who are unelected or, or running the fucking show. Um, and if the, you try to the rock the just boat, they're just going to take you down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that's, and it's the thing. It's just, it's just, it's just um, from, from a political perspective, like the, they, this, this, this goes back into, what if uh, Meltdown Inspector were actually features of the NSA? <laughs> right? Like, or they went to Intel and say, hey, we'd like you to do this. You what know? if they could throw a VM on a server on you know, Azure or AWS yeah. and see data or in memory on all the other VMs on that host? Yeah. It's pretty it killer. Runs, yeah, exactly. It's like run Spectre on it. And I just poof. Right? That's what I thought. That's, that's, what, that's what I looked at Spectre and going, hmm, worst case scenario. I wonder if you, you know, I have my own server on DigitalOcean. I was just like, okay, if I uh, make some tweaks on my uh, proof of concept code for Spectre, I can just go, okay, if it comes up like Heartbleed, I'm just going to go and slip everybody's VM on the same host. So the government did it. Oh, wouldn't be surprising if they did it. We're going full InfoWars Alex Jones. Yeah. They're making the frogs <laughs> gay, <know>. Joe. <laughs> Everything, everything's a conspiracy, and then it comes out, and you're like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> huh. Not so stupid anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Anyway. Reality. Turn the freaking frogs gay. They're making the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a music video of that. That's pretty funny. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Tearing his shirt off and stuff. Man, that guy's <laughs> crazy as shit. I know he's just messed up, dude. All right. Uh, next up, then uh, we could do a bit of a wrap up of what we saw mm. in 2017 and some predictions for what we think is going to come up in 2018. Uh, so let's go around and just bring up one or two things from 2017 as far as like trends and and things that were memorable. Um, I'll start with the fishing increased again. More uh, more breaches. More breaches. Yeah, PI. Oh yeah. A lot more PI. Yeah. One of the reports for 2017, I was looking at. Uh, they were talking about the increase in business email compromise. I thought that was pretty surprising. I hadn't seen it, but I guess it's a regular, like a relatively new thing. Um, and then crypto lockers was a huge thing in 2017. Oh yeah, crypto locker. Wanna cry? Wanna cry was another one. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm actually uh, thinking thinking that there's going to be some serious vulnerabilities that are easily exploitable that are going to come out. It always, they always, they always do. Like you had eternal blue coming out. I'm just waiting for something else like eternal blue to come out. So I mean, I, that's what I expect. I have one prediction for 2018. Um, you guys heard of GDPR? Oh yeah. Yeah. The general uh, data, protect, data protection rules of the EU. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The EU general data protection regulation. I think that everyone's sort of watching that. And if it works as intended, um, I think we'll see data regulations like that spread to other countries. Like we've talked on this podcast before about the need for a government to step in. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people sort of watching with bated breath to see how that turns out. Well, GDPR is really, really complicated, and uh, even even for us, like uh, in the pro- working for for the province of BC, we we have to pay attention to it because uh, it's going it's going to affect us in one way, shape, or form. 
said half of American companies operating in the EU aren't ready for it. No, I'm not surprised. But there's a lot of consultancy work in there. <laughs> sure is. Oh, yeah. Probably make some decent coin. You know, I mean, look at PCI. They're the PCI compliance specialists. They're, yep, they're doing and socks well. and... Socks and you name it. There's probably they're going to be consultants like specific specialists, specific to GDPR. That's a good prediction. Who else has got oh, one? Yeah. Um, oh, I think there's going to be a ton more breaches this year, too. <laughs> just there's going to be more PI, just constant. I mean, more big companies of expo um, data that gets out six months later, kind of thing. It just. These companies aren't doing enough. No one's learning their lesson. No one's getting fined. There's no penalties. So it's just going to continue to happen, probably on a more accelerated rate, too. Didn't a 15-year-old kid impersonate CIA director oh, yeah. and that preach was, uh, and a bunch of stuff? Krakus with attitude or something like that? that was oh, my good. God. That's a smart kid. <laughs> yeah, seriously good social engineering. I'm a CIA yeah. director with like a high-pitched voice. Voice, like, exactly. Haven't I heard you on Xbox Live? Don't I know you? Didn't you, didn't you fornicate with my mother? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, but either either that kid's really smart and uh, you know, knew how to control his voice, or the people on the other side were just too stupid to realize. So wait a minute, that does not sound like the uh, CIA director. <laughs> Unbelievable. But that kind of stuff. I mean, they said the the CRA is already getting so many calls about the fraud. People yep. getting text messages and all sorts of stuff saying, "Log it's click constant. here." I'm to, getting a phone call yeah. every couple of days saying yeah. that I'm in serious trouble and I'm going to be in front yeah. of a magistrate and the court starting their starting your case and your and we're processing your file and then people just start giving away their personal information. It's just it that's just going to keep escalating because it's so easy. It is. It's it's it scares people, especially elderly. Like yeah. elderly are targets for this. And I've, I've received calls like, I, not every couple of days, but I've received a call like this, and I'm thinking, oh, this is, could be considered uttering threats or malicious prosecution. <laughs> I wonder if I can find the guy and uh, call the cops. Not only is he none of them, fraud, but... None of them are in this country, though, which is the reason why they're still operating, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. so hard to crack down. Yeah, yeah and the, the police can't do anything anyways. No. They're probably in the states, but the one I got was sounded like he was a Canadian, or he was like he had that American or like Canadian American accent, and you could tell like if it was somebody from India or or another country, you know, they had that other. You could tell, but this one, this one was either like a really good actor or. <laughs> Mine are all like uh, text to speech. Oh, that's that's. That's a sure sign of fraud right there. Like somebody's trying to defraud yeah. you right there. They're, they're good ones. The they're good ones, but it's all text to speech. Um, one of the other sort of piggyback on something uh, Dom said earlier, one of my predictions is uh, at an inc- not only just an increase in ransomware and crypto lockers, but um, the speed. I think we're going to see every remote code exploit is going to be followed up very quickly by a ransomware or a crypto locker that uses it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's actually that makes sense because uh, if you're a cyber criminal, you think about it. Um, if they, if there's a new vulnerability, especially the the the, uh, the vulnerability is easy to exploit, they're going to write something up very quickly and try to spread it out as fast as possible. Yeah, anything remotely exploitable is just going to be like easy be, money. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's a scary thing. I mean, and, and here's the other thing, uh, propagation. It's, I would imagine that this, this uh, ransomware, not only is it going to use uh, every remote code execute, uh, execute, executable vulnerability out there, it's also going to be uh, much easier to propagate. They could probably use like stored XSS uh, um, uh, attacks, like uh, stored uh, cross-site scripting attacks. They could, uh, they'll use multiple methods to uh, propagate this ransomware. Email, phishing attacks, XSS, uh, stored uh, cross-site scripting attacks, um, uh, uh, malvertising, right? put, it in a, put it into a banner, um, you know, you name it, they're gonna, uh, they're gonna use it and it's because it propagates really fast. One relatively new thing with the malvertising and all that is this increase in uh, using JavaScript and other online malware to mine crypto. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to the users, visitors, whatever of the website. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And some of them are able to stay resident even when you close your browser. Yeah, they, they already do that with phones, and uh, and it's already happening. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's it's blowing up increase. phones. It's, it is, and it's uh, it's going to increase uh, in, in scale. Like, it, you, <laughs> what you see now, you haven't seen nothing yet. Yeah, and as Bitcoin starts to get more expensive, I would think you'd be seeing a lot more uh, malware specifically designed to steal wallets. That, also, here's the flip side. Uh, the flip side is that uh, there's going to be more crackdowns on uh, cryptocurrency. Probably going to be more regulation on cryptocurrency. Like all the, price, the market is so much easier to manipulate. I was reading an article uh, that yeah. said they thought that Bitcoin went up uh, and not all the way up to like the 20k it did, but it jumped up a thousand dollars just because of one person. Mm-hmm. I read that, yeah. It's yeah. so volatile, like it's it's crazy volatile, and uh, because of this crackdown, um, apparently in South Korea, there's this uh, their government crackdown on uh, cryptocurrencies yeah. that every one of them seems to have dropped. And you're probably yep. going to see I'm, uh, a lot more a lot more crackdowns in the U.S. I see a lot more crackdowns definitely in China. Oh yeah. There's um. I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. Forget it. I'll have to cut that out now. <laughs> it couldn't have, been, couldn't have been important. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say we're still not going to see enough adoption of multi-factor authentication. Google no, said that only 10% of their users have, have it set. Yeah, including yeah. businesses continuing to not like. protect remote access with multi-factor. Yeah. It's terrible. As much as we want it to be a thing, it will not be a thing next year. And the the thing is, is uh, I agree with that because uh, the reason is, is that companies don't want to spend the money if they don't. If, if if nothing is really forcing companies to spend money on security, this not just doesn't go for um, uh, multi-factor authentication. This goes for pretty much any security solution. And you know, there are many businesses out there that needs like certain security solutions, but they don't want to spend the money unless if they're absolutely forced to. Go ahead, John. Get your word in edgewise. You're going to have to cut it out. I can't remember. <laughs> You're saying that somebody is saying only 10%? Oh, yeah. No, Google uh, Google is saying only 10% of their accounts are using multi-factor authentication of some sort, right? And then, you know, there was also an article I was reading, too, that were saying, oh, passwords would be on the decline and more biometrics. Um, you know, Microsoft's pushing it hard with the OSs, and they all are, right? Face unlock, all the phones now, Android and everything. So they're making a push to do that. So I, I would see less password authentication, but 
Yeah, my, my Pixel 2 that I just purchased last month has a fingerprint sensor on it. I want a Pixel 2. Yeah, it's a nice phone. I got the Pixel 1. It's pretty nice. Um, more IoT-based attacks there, Dom? That's right. More IoT-based attacks. That's gonna. That's definitely going to come down the pipe. I mean, uh, you're going to see uh, botnets, IoT botnets, that are going to be... Uh, uh, spread all over the uh, and they're going to be worse too like they'll, they'll probably spread that's actually another vector from uh, a potential vector for ransomware um, is through IOT devices and um, you're going to see a lot more and yeah that, that and a lot more IOT devices coming online like it's going to be you think you think the Mirai botnet with its 660 GB per second uh, 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 DOS attacks like the denial of service attacks uh is like the biggest thing you've seen. Well, you haven't seen nothing yet. Like there's a lot, there's going to be botnets out there that are going to be far worse than uh, Mirai. Mirai is just like the tip of the iceberg. I think we're going to have to start getting some like propaganda posters everywhere. If your equipment's three years old, check the date, throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only way. It is, especially with IoT. It's, and the thing is, is that it's going to be so hard to manage like IoT devices. It's the, the more and more of these devices that come out, the harder and harder it is to manage them. I mean, if you have, let's say, three or four IoT devices, like you got one light bulb, let's say you got one door lock that's connected to the internet, you got one toaster that's connected to the internet, one fridge, whatever, you could potentially, you know, manage them. You know, I mean, it's not that going to be that hard. But imagine having 10,000 of them. Yeah, like an enterprise or somebody that, oh, yeah. you know, uses all sorts of stuff to track packages and cameras everywhere. And yeah. and, and that's the thing. The, the, my prediction then is that since there's going to be an explosion of IoT devices, then you're going to see um, solutions out there to manage IoT devices. There are going to be more companies that are going to, sp- like startups and whatnot, uh, are going to come up uh, and, and to, to say, hey, we got this uh, uh, IoT central IOT solution that uh, we can sell you like uh, through the cloud, you know, like a cloud service that I can see happening. Yeah, like something like ne- something like Nessus, right. Or, you know, all, all that sort of stuff where it's tuned for all the bazillion, like there's just so many IOT devices. Like I bought, I wanted to build, I wanted to buy that, um, the packet squirrel from hack five. Yeah, I got one. But I, sure. I googled like DIY packet squirrel and found out that you could just buy this Chinese um, travel Wi-Fi router for twelve bucks and just install all this firmware and tools on it and it would be just as good. So I'm doing that, but it's like, oh, you know, like, yeah. how, who's, keep, who's, keep, who's keeping track of these twelve dollar devices and how vulnerable they might be and when's the last <laughs> time they had an update? Right? Like, oh, there's just uh, so they many. Are, uh, you know, <clears throat> considering from China, the chances are they might. Uh, be intentionally vulnerable. <laughs> maybe, maybe have maybe. some uh, interesting malware on there. I've uh, uh, I have a friend who bought a um, a tablet uh, directly from China, and it had some interesting malware on it. Oh, gross! Yeah, couldn't he couldn't remove it? And he was saying, "Oh yeah, that's uh, that's like state-sanctioned malware there. Yet they have to have it on there." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, that twelve-dollar device that you have there. You might get some packet. You might slip some packets out of that, but so does the Chinese government. I wiped it. It's got open WRT on it now. Oh, nice. But still, might still send data to China. 
the Chinese government. Yeah. Might be, that'd be very interesting to see, right? Like, put it through, like, fire, a wire shark or... But that's what I bought it for. So I could hook it up to the network and trap traffic coming out of other devices. Now I have to buy another one to trap the data coming out of that one. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I don't mind having the devices, having the data coming out, you know, for me. But uh, I don't know if I want the Chinese government to have it. <laughs> well, I wanted something quick and easy if I'm, like, inspecting, looking at a computer to just plug it into that. It's got two... NICs, right, for WAN and LAN. So you just plug it through, and you connect over the Wi-Fi, and you can see all the packets going by and stuff. I don't have to have it attached to anything, really. Anyone else got any predictions for 2018? Lots more work? Lots more busy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots more work. Work's not going anywhere. We're, we're nope. secure. <laughs> we're we're secure in, I, in our I, insecurity. <laughs> There's one thing, you know, that I do predict, based on what we just said, more job security. It's a 0% unemployment industry. Right. I happen to know somebody who just decided he didn't want to work at his job anymore and just took, what, like a day? <laughs> Pretty much. To get, to get offers from other people going, oh, you, you're a security person? Come work for us instead. And like, All right, uh-huh. go to work? Yeah, I quit. <laughs> And that's one of the things we talked about on the show before, but I've told a lot of people uh, that I've met, you know, like if you're, it's a 0% industry, all these people want good security people. So if you're in a place where you cannot sell this, the board won't listen, they won't invest, none of these risks are getting dealt with, quit. Hmm. Go somewhere else where, like, they're willing to have you help actually fix something like don't beat your head against the wall i mean these people don't care just go somewhere else yeah. there's so many people who care who need you if you're not getting traction where you are just look for something else i'm certain you'll find something oh it would be pretty fast too i mean security is a huge growth industry right now like i see i see everybody that i know or it seems that it seems that way a lot of, at least a lot of people I know who work in the IT industry are wanting to move into security. It's the, it's the new hotness, right? It is. It's so hot right now. Security. It is. And it probably would be hot for, the, for years to come. Oh, yeah. It's, pretty, you know, it, it's literally kept me up at night thinking, like, what, like when does this end? Like, are we just all of a sudden one day just going to throw the white flag? Just be like, fuck it. All your data belongs to you. All my data belongs to you then? Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, you look at you look at uh, police officers. You know, um, they have incentive job security because is crime ever going to end? Are they going to throw up the white flag and say, "Oh, let's let just let all the criminals do what they want"? <laughs> no, they're not. You know, and they're it's it's going to be around for for a long, long time. And you know, cops aren't going to give up. So why should security people? I think that's a wrap. Bit of a short one today, but only two. Only two topics. Only two topics. But uh, two, two is enough. It's like almost an hour now, so. <laughs> yeah, I think we ranted. Despite having two topics. We ranted off the record for 15 minutes, so that's, a pretty, mm. that's pretty decent. Um, all right, well, good night, everyone, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, all right good night. Good night. That was the Two Drop Tables podcast for this week. If you've got comments or feedback, you can visit our website at twodroptables.ca. That's the number two, droptables.ca. There you can read the show notes and leave a comment on this episode. Or you can email feedback at twodroptables.ca.
You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find fine podcasts. Just go to our website for convenient links or search your podcasting app for two drop tables. 